Welcome to the Photography Q&A podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones from 50millimeterframework.com and this is episode 55 of the Photography Q&A podcast. So this week's photographer specializes in macro photography, which is good because the question this week is, what is macro photography? Well, macro photography is taking photographs of small objects and making them larger than life size in the photo. These small objects could be insects, they could be flowers, parts of flowers. Uh, in fact, they can be anything small. I tried taking a picture of this tiny little snail the other day, and the best part of the image was it was on a, the stump of a tree that we'd had cut down in the yard in fall. And the most interesting part of the picture was the actual wood grain. And it was, it, was, it was really odd looking. I should have posted it, actually. It was very cool. So it could be anything. You could take a picture of someone's eye close up. You could take a picture of an ear, take a picture of hair. Absolutely anything. If you want to get ultra close up, macro photography is the way to go. Up until a week ago, I've looked at macro photographs and been impressed by all the detail in them. But I never considered trying to do it myself. I just thought it was, you know, I've seen pictures in the past of guys with little tents over their heads lying in a field taking pictures of insects. That was what I thought it was. I'd just seen this one thing and that was that was it. Then last week I was struck by the macro photography bug. I don't know why it happened, but it did. I was on YouTube watching some landscape photography videos and... Like they do down the side, if you're on your desktop, they suggest other videos that you should watch. And one of them was for macro photography for beginners. The picture that they were using had the head of a fly in, in incredible detail. So I thought, eh, I'll, I'll give it a go. So it, it must have struck a chord with me because I watched it. In fact, I watched it twice and I was hooked straight away. I wanted to do it. So let's look at the options for starting macro photography now lenses my first thought was that you have to use a macro lens and some of them are not cheap the major brands like canon nikon etc are very expensive you're looking at over a thousand dollars but they offer a one-to-one ratio which if you take a picture of a subject it the size will be reproduced it'll be life size in your image so many times you take a picture and you think, oh, I'm really close. And then like I did one the other day with the moon, like you think it's filling your screen. It isn't. <laughs> and, and when you look at the image, the object is a lot smaller. But these lenses reproduce one to one. So that is why you get a lot of detail in the uh, subject. Now, this is a great starting place if you want to get lots of detail in your images. But you'll need to look for a different setup if you want to get even closer to the subject. To get more detail, you need more magnification. There are lenses that offer two times and up to five times magnification. The images taken at five times are incredible, but the depth of field is microscopic and it doesn't appeal to me. But you might love it. You need to check this photographer out that I'm going to be telling you about. He tests some of these lenses out, and uh, there is a sweet spot with macro, I do believe anyway. From what I've seen in my vast knowledge of one week, I think uh, five times is a little bit excessive, but 
you might be right into that. So I'm not going to say don't do it. If you like it, do it. My favorite one that I've seen from all the images is the two times magnification. And in particular, there's a lens that the guy uses. It's a Laura, a Laura. It's a Chinese lens. It's spelled L-A-O-W-A. And it's a 60 millimeter F2.8 and it's ultra macro. It's uh, two times magnification. The images this guy gets with this lens are totally incredible. They're just beautiful. They really are beautiful. Now, I've already put this on my Christmas list. I, I really like this lens and I want it. I think it goes for, it sells for under, um, I think at the moment it's about $400. So I've written down here 500 but I've, I know that I saw it and I think it was 399 US. So if you were wondering what to get me for Christmas, now you know. I'm just saying, I'll leave it like that. Now there are other lenses available, but I've only been looking at this for a week, like I said, so... I'll report back when I have more info. I did see one from Seven Artisans, but compared with the the other one, he did a side-by-side -side comparison and there was just no competition. So for the sake of 100 bucks or so, you're probably better buying the, uh, I can't even pronounce this one, Laura, Laura, Laura. Yeah, that'll be it. With a two times magnification lens, your subject is going to be twice as big as the photograph taken with a one-to-one. -on, one a one times magnification. So your choices are like, say if you went out and you bought the Canon lens, which is excellent, it does allow you to use autofocus, but 99.9% .9 of people that shoot macro don't use autofocus in manual focus. So anyway, if you went out and you bought the Canon lens, you'd be looking at about $1,100 and you could get twice the magnification with this one for 400. So it's a bit of a no brainer. Now let's look at some other options. Instead of buying a new lens, you can go the route that I took. Route, route, I'll go with route. I did consider buying a close-up filter, one that goes on the front of your lens, but as none of the experts I was reading up on even mentioned it once, I decided against it. The option that I chose was extension tubes. These mount between your lens and the camera body, and basically they extend the length of your lens, which apparently... I don't know how it works. There's a formula that I don't want to even think about. But because your lens is further away, it magnifies the size of the subject. They're inexpensive. I paid $30 Canadian, so that's like, uh, I don't know, $20 US, I think. You can get them cheaper. You get a set of three for that. You get a 13mm, 21mm, and a 31mm, and that is their length. There are no lens elements in these things. They really are just a, they're just a tube. They're just a straight tube. You can just hold them up, put your finger through them. There's nothing in there. It's just a tube. It just pulls the lens away. I will say, though, that I wish I'd paid a little bit more. The guy in the video was talking about the Mikey ones, and they look pretty sturdy. The ones I got looked like them, but they didn't have a name on them, and they are very very lightweight plastic and with my little 50 millimeter lens every so often i get the uh, message camera body can't well basically can't talk to the lens it can't communicate so i turn the camera off play with the lens turn it back on it's fine but it's such thin plastic and it feels like you don't you can't 
put any weight on the lens. You've just got to support it gently. I still get the pictures, but you've just got to be careful with it. So yeah, I, I wish I'd spent the extra 20 bucks, maybe spent 50 instead of 30 and got something that was a little bit more substantial. But anyway, it's just to get, I'm just dipping my feet in the water. I'm, I know I'm going to buy a lens because I'm obsessed with it. So last night I spent, well, I spent a few hours checking out people's uh, DIY macro lenses. And believe it or not, you can you can whip something together and you can make a really good macro lens. One of them costs under $250. I think it was 230 That's based on buying a used Canon 40mm lens, a little pancake lens. And you put it together with an extension tube, reverse adapter, and a step-up ring. It worked really well. The DIY lenses and everybody's cup of tea. I don't think I'll be making one myself anytime soon. Maybe I will. I get a little bit obsessed with things. Uh, but at the moment, no, I'm just going to spend a little bit more and buy a lens. But it can be done. And even with these DIY lenses, they are just the images they're getting. Like you see a little, a little fly on a leaf and they take a picture of it. And you think oh, there's not much to it, but when you get to see the picture, they're multicolored. The eyes are red. They have hairs all over the bodies. It's the weird, like they look like aliens. All these movies you've seen with alien, these guys are the real thing. They're just tiny. All right, let's do some technique. Now you can take macro photos using the available light but you really do need a flash to get the good results. The flash allows you to freeze the action. That millisecond that the flash is happening, you can get away with using a slower shutter speed because the flash just catches that moment. I use on-camera flash. Some people, I've seen one guy, well, the guy I was watching the videos of, he sometimes uses it handheld. Um, don't want to do that. I just used an on-camera flash. I used it with my Stofen diffuser. Uh, I also used it just with my, it's a Canon flash, a 430EX or something. It has a little diffuser that pulls out and clips over and just slides over the lens. So I've used that as well and I got the same results as I did, as I did with the Stofen. So basically you put your flash up in manual mode and you set it to 1 16th power. If you take a picture and it's too dark, just jack it up a little bit to 1.8. Now, I have ordered a diffuser that I've seen macro photographers using, and it's basically, it slides over the lens, so it's attached to the lens. It doesn't cover the end of the lens, it just slides, there's a hole in it, it slides over. And it's like, it covers the front of the flash, and it basically is the same material that you get on the front of a softbox. So when you take the photo and the flash goes off, it widens the area of the flash, not just from one point, it spreads it out over a bigger area. So I've ordered one of those and I'll I'll report back when I get it and try it out, see if there's any difference, which I'm sure there's going to be. Now, macro is definitely nothing like any other photography that I've done. Everything is set to manual, the lens is manual, the flash is manual, and the camera I set to manual also. Plus, I've been using live view, I very rarely use live view. I, I always use the viewfinder, but with this, it makes sense. It really does make sense. 
And I would also, I'm thinking of convincing my daughter to give give me one of her uh, her camera bodies because her 60Ds, um, the LCD panel, angles out. So that would make it a lot easier when you're groveling around on the ground trying to take pictures of all these little insects. It would make it a lot easier than having to put my head on the ground as well. Anyway, if, she, if you're listening to this, uh, Mackenzie, you can give me that for Christmas. Thank you. Now... The other thing about macro is, because you don't use autofocus, and once I put the extension tube on mine, you don't even use a focus ring. You just move your camera in and out. You focus it so it's almost there, then just don't touch that ring. And I just you just move your camera forward. You can see that it's not quite in focus, and you pull it back, and it's the depth of field is so shallow that you've, you're going to take... If you took 100 photos, you might end up with, whew, the way I'm going at the moment, 10. 10% of your images will be in focus, and the rest will be absolute garbage. Now, I've been searching for bees. There were some bumblebees today. I chased them around the garden. They just land, take off, land, take off. You need time to get close enough to them first thing, and then get it in focus. Um, that's why I've been pretty successful with ants i actually got a a regular fly today and you could see all the little parts of its eye but the bees were brutal you just they, you got no chance anyway i i'm wandering off again here so the settings that i was told to use by the guy in the video are iso 100 an aperture of f8 the shutter speed at one two hundredth of a second and the flash is in manual mode and the power is at 1 16th. And if you're shooting on a sunny day, put yourself with your back to the sun so that your shadow goes over the insect or whatever it is you're shooting. If you're shooting a flower, put your shadow over them because it allows the flash to work better. You're not competing with the sun. You get, I've had some weird results and it was because I was not shooting the way I should have been doing now, the setup that I've just been using, which I can't remember what it was. It was over, it was like 1.1 magnification. Um, a 31 millimeter extension tube plus a 13 millimeter extension tube with a 50 mil lens. And I have to be about, oh, one, well, like two inches away from the insect to get it in focus. I tried the extra extension tube, the 21. I might just take the 13 off and put the 21 on and experiment with that. But if you put all three on, it gives a magnification of 1.47 magnification. So that is very desirable. But with my 50mm lens, I pretty much have to have the lens touching the insect and it's not going to work out that. So basically the more extension you put on between the lens and the camera the closer to the subject you have to be so with a 31 mil and a 13 my lens has to be two to three inches away which is okay but it's not much good with bees because they're taking off and they don't like me but with flowers you get some beautiful pic i took one of a hanging basket on the porch and the flower was like a trumpet shape if you like. And I was trying to get the detail in the purple petals, but 
I had one focus up. It was a little breezy and the flowers were moving. And I got a picture right down the middle to the stamen in the middle. And it was so, it's such an odd looking picture. Uh, it's not the best quality, but I posted it anyway. But it's it's like going down a tunnel. You're, you're seeing things that we just don't see by shooting this macro. It's It's incredible. I have to say I am totally obsessed with macro at the moment. Within one hour of receiving the extension tubes, I was getting images that I was really excited about. I haven't been this buzzed and excited about photography since I got my first camera when I was a kid, when I was like nine or ten, a film camera. I cannot honestly say I am I've just it's like renewed my photography uh, genes. It's it's incredible. So now I'll introduce you to the photographer that produced the video that got me started and his name is Michael Widell. I think you pronounce it like that because he's Swedish. He lives in Sweden, so I'm guessing he's Swedish. He's got the accent. His photos are just incredible. I say this with all the guys. I'm not going to put you uh, onto any photographers that don't do good work, but this guy's is just <laughs> the detail on some of these things. Thing. It's, it's wild he knows what he's talking about as well with his technique but also the equipment he tries them side by side compares them and shows you examples from the from the shoot so you get you're getting information from the best one of the best out there so plus the uh, manufacturers of these lenses send them to him to test because he's well sought after apparently I'll put a link to his YouTube channel in the show notes. Definitely check this guy out, even if it's just a look at his images, because they are something else. All right, so that's my waffling done for the week. That's it for the episode. Have a great week. Check out Michael's videos. They're excellent. And, uh, yeah, have a good one. Bye for now. Bye.